So coming out of the pandemic, employees are thinking more about how work fits into their lives as opposed to how do they arrange their lives around work. Welcome to Sense Sliced Bread. I'm your host, Charlotte Ashley, editor of Baking and Snack. In 2020, we tackled the workforce challenges the baking industry was facing then and talked to baking companies about the innovative ways they were recruiting workers. But that was two years ago, and the labor market has only gotten tougher. In this season of Scent Slice Bread, we're revisiting the issue to talk about how things have changed and the strategies baking companies are using to keep their talent. This episode of Scent Slice Bread is brought to you by California Prune Ingredients from Sunsweet. Sunsweet is your source for purees, concentrates, powders, and dices made with prunes. Give your food a taste of California. In this episode, you'll hear from Rob Weber, Chief People Officer of Hostess Brands. He shares all the ways Hostess Brands is supporting both its corporate and manufacturing employees as they seek purpose in their careers and a work-life balance. Welcome to Scent Slice Bread, Rob. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So let's get started by talking about um, recruiting and retaining workforce. What challenges does Hostess see when it comes to finding workers, and how have you kind of seen employees' needs change over the past couple of years? Companies today are facing a really competitive talent market. Beyond the implications of what happened with the pandemic, where we saw a major reshuffling and competitive compensation changes that are coming about through inflation and other things, um, there's a continued increase uh, in people seeking flexibility in their work, professional development opportunities, and other perks, including work from anywhere benefits that people are out there saying, that's important to me. So coming out of the pandemic, employees are thinking more about how work fits into their lives as opposed to how do they arrange their lives around work. And as a result of that, they're really focusing on companies that give them a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And on the manufacturing side, it's become even more challenging to attract and retain a skilled workforce. Deloitte did a survey in 2021 that showed 77% of respondents um, expect to continue to have ongoing difficulties. And this is companies responding they're going to have these difficulties attracting and retaining workers going forward, in part because of misconceptions about manufacturing jobs among younger workers. We have a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week environment. You can imagine, as people think about a job, is that something I really want to do? And so throughout the last two years, you've seen a massive realignment of work and people uh, shifting job. It was called the, the great resignation, but it was really a realignment because mm-hmm. While we did lose a great many people from the workforce, a lot of it was people reevaluating what they want to do and the type of work they're willing to do, and then going back and doing different things as a result. So there's a lot of factors in play, um, and you're seeing us as employers really needing to adapt to what employees in the world today are looking for. So let's talk about specifically at Hostess, how is Hostess meeting some of those needs? How is the company making itself a more competitive employer within this new reality that we're living and working in? Sure. So as a fun for you product, right? There's no question what we make is a fun for you product. And and we're in food supply and it's consumer packaged goods. So we we produced all through the pandemic as a result being critical infrastructure for food supply. Mm-hmm. One of the things we recognize coming out of that is, and I mentioned this earlier, 
people want to have a purpose. People want to belong to something that is bigger than themselves. And you may ask, well, how, how do you think about that as a snacking company? And the reality is our purpose is to uh, allow people to celebrate the everyday, right? We believe in a world where the everyday is worth celebrating. And our mission is to inspire moments of joy by putting our heart into everything we do. So when we think about what we're making, you could say we're making snack cakes, but what we're really doing is trying to create these opportunities for people to enjoy the life that they're living. And when we frame the work we're doing in that context, our purpose is not, while it includes creating a great product, it goes beyond that because we want to have that ability to inspire people. So we frame that up around the culture that we're trying to create and what it means to be a part of this uh, organization. The reason that matters so much, uh, just last year, the Bureau of Labor Statistics ran a survey that showed, actually, uh, just February of this year, there were 11.3 million jobs almost that were open in the month of February, and only 6.3 million people, roughly, that are unemployed. So there's a gap of 5 million people that are, that are going to uh, not fill jobs. So what we've looked at is really ensuring, are we competitive with our pay? And over the last year and a half, we have had significant increases in our base pay. Last year, uh, we made a commitment and delivered on having no jobs that paid less than $15 an hour. Well, this year, I can tell you we're actually at a minimum of $16 an hour across our entire system. And the average pays go up um, rather steeply from there. We worked hard around ensuring that those employees in our bakeries, the ones who can't do remote work, Right. Mm-hmm. There's a mix. We have uh, several hundred corporate employees who who want to embrace and have been able to embrace remote work. But there are over 2,300 employees who don't have the option of being able to. You can't bake a, a Twinkie or a cupcake from home. Right. It has to be at one of our facilities. And those shifts uh, don't have a lot of flexibility. So we've done things uh, like really ensuring we're listening to the things that they're telling us matter to them. Um, we're giving schedule confirmation, meaning baking inherently changes by what customers order. And so sometimes you have to do different things with the equipment that require different amounts of people. But we're really trying to keep those schedules from flexing from one week to the next and giving people that consistency of which days they'll work and more importantly, which days they'll have off in a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week environment. That's really important. We've also uh, economically tried to ensure people Uh, are feeling appreciated. In the beginning of the pandemic, when there was so much uncertainty, we actually froze the cost increase on our benefits premiums because Mm -hmm. we wanted people to have cost assurance with something. We have on multiple occasions done uh, thank you bonuses for our employees, uh, sometimes as high as $1,000 that we've given to employees uh, who've been here a number of years and other things. And we obviously continue to look at pay and benefits programs that allow us to remain competitive from that standpoint. From a corporate standpoint, I mentioned flexibility as a, a big desire from employees. And we adopted a policy we call uh, our policy on flexible productivity. The idea behind it, Charlotte, is that there are certain activities we believe are best done when we're together, trust building, camaraderie, Mm -hmm. creativity, innovation. And there's a number of things that technology can assist with, but can't always replace. And so when it was safe to do so, and we obviously monitored national, global, local circumstances to allow us to best make these decisions. But when it made sense, we've tried to get our people back together and successfully been able to do that now for several months. 
and engage in some of those activities that that sort of create that bond where we're part of this together. Uh, we continue to look at additional programs such as uh, recognition. We launched uh, a new employee award uh, in the last year, and we've now, we just last week or two weeks ago, we got to celebrate our six award winners based on the 2021 year, which is very special. It's the best day of the year as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And during that event, we also had an opportunity for employees to weigh in and, and tell us what's important to them. We gave a list of 40 or so potential things we could consider, mm-hmm. uh, ranging from, hey, if we had um, an employee stock purchase plan, would you be interested? If we did this or that, what are the things that matter to you? And I'm glad to report that we're going to be putting several of those in place and have plans to do so and a few that will launch in the coming week. That's awesome. Are you at liberty to share what any of those might be? We are in the process of uh, putting together an employee stock purchase plan. It still needs to be approved by the shareholder vote in our annual process, but we anticipate that will be successful, certainly hopeful to be able to launch that yet this year. We are enhancing our paid parental leave benefit. So we launched a paid parental leave. We used to follow FMLA, which is an Mm -hmm. unpaid leave. Last year, we introduced it, uh, allowing new parents, both mother and father, to take up to four weeks off as paid time off. And this year we're enhancing that to match the time that a new parent gets with FMLA, which is 12 weeks. And so now those 12 weeks could be completely paid separate uh, from what a mother might typically have with short-term disability benefit. We're also looking at discounted programs around gym memberships, which we have through some of our partners. And so there's a lot of things that matched up from that uh, process to be able for us to deliver on. We have at least those three we, we hope to be able to have in play, two of which we know will happen uh, very soon. That's fantastic that you've been able to answer the call that the hostess employees have given the executive team of what would meet their needs going forward and the things they'd like to see working at Hostess. So Hostess has been listed by Forbes as one of America's best mid-sized employers for 2022 and one of the top employers for veterans in 2021. I assume everything you just mentioned are kind of the things that have launched Hostess onto such lists, but is there anything else you think that distinguishes Hostess from other employers? I think being very deliberate about the culture we are trying to build. Mm -hmm. I think culture is one of these items that everyone agrees matters, but also recognizes it's very difficult to define and direct. And so our efforts have always been around reinforcing the behaviors that are necessary for us to deliver on that mission I talked about. Mm -hmm. So specific to the list around veterans, our CEO is actually a Navy veteran. And we have multiple employees, close to 100, who are are listed as veterans and probably a few more we may not have captured that information on. And we make sure that we're really utilizing partnerships with local military bases near where our facilities are for Mm -hmm. recruiting efforts for some of those skilled positions as people come out of their service to the country. We have opportunities for them to come in with some of the skilled roles for technicians and supervisory roles that we have, as well as frontline uh, positions on the manufacturing lines for, for those who want that work. But I think it really comes back to embedding our values in the culture and ensuring that the work we do and the behaviors we engage, we're committed to people being creative, collaborative, having commitment, having positive energy, and really taking ownership of their work. And those are the five behaviors we really emphasize and place at great value. And those five behaviors are what's reinforcing Hostess's company culture. 
Yes. And so as we as we focus around when we behave the way we need to, working with each other, that we're committed to getting results, that we're innovative about the ways that we work and thinking through things and really take ownership to get those results, that unlocks our ability to support our focus on innovation, that commitment to quality, the ability for us to be good members in our communities, good partners with our customers, create a great product for our consumers and really reward our stakeholders through the value of our equity, the partnerships with our brand and other activities that we have with the communities out there I just mentioned. How would you describe Hostess's company culture overall? What is the company striving to be like for its employees? We are trying to be the best snacking company in the world. And that's Mm -hmm. an audacious goal. But I think what it speaks about is though Almost everyone understands uh, what our products are. There's a long and storied tradition over 100 years on some of our products. And so the brand has been around a long time. But as an employer, we're actually relatively young. The first Twinkie was produced over 100 years ago. But as a company, through a variety of other actions that took place in the past, Hostess Brands is really only a nine-year-old company. So we focus very hard around that culture, which is results-driven, but principle-focused. And so, as I mentioned, we do the things we do very intentionally. And there's a balance between what our customers, consumers, stakeholders gain, but also our employees. And we try to ensure that balance is between all four of those groups that we can all win together. And so that really cuts through everything we do as we think about the programs we run, the innovation we develop, the partnerships we engage in, the the suppliers we use, and and really just how we run the business. Thanks for listening to Scent Sliced Bread. I'd like to take a short break from the conversation, however, to tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Scent Sliced Bread is brought to you by California Prune Ingredients from SunSuite. Prunes are more than inclusions. Prune ingredients from California can help you make great-tasting baked goods that are better for you. Adding only 1-2% to of a prune concentrate, puree, or powder can bind moisture, lower total sugars, and reduce fat. Create your next product innovation with prune ingredients from California. Now, back to the conversation. Rob, you mentioned at the top a bunch of different programs and that Hostess is implemented to kind of entice employees and retain employees. But I want to kind of dig into some of the things that you mentioned, like um, manufacturing definitely has an image problem among employees as they start to reevaluate what they want out of life. On the manufacturing side, let's start there. How is Hostess kind of working with workers to try to figure out how they can fit into workers' lives on the manufacturing end. How are you, you mentioned that it's a 24-7 manufacturing kind of lifestyle. How are you attracting people to work those late night shifts on the manufacturing side of the business? Yeah, Charlotte, it's a great question. It's one that we're continuing to work on and try to be better at. There, There is no perfect answer because people go to night shifts for a variety of reasons. What I can tell you is this, that We do a program we call employee roundtables. And what a roundtable is, is we'll sit down as an executive leadership team. We had to do them virtually in the last two years. Mm -hmm. And we sit down with groups of six to eight employees and basically let them know this is their meeting. And and you tell us the things that are on your mind, what's working, what's not working. 
And how can we do a better job of creating the environment or the tools or the programs that you need to do the jobs and what will make you want to stay? So the principle which guides all of this for us is that engagement in the voice of the employee. How do we ensure we are taking into account what employees are telling us? From that, we've really focused around a couple of key things. One of the things that came up in our major manufacturing locations is that we are 24 hours a day and typically run seven days a week. And because we have so many different products, there's a lot of fluctuation from one shift to another, again, on how many people are needed to run this product versus that one. And so there was a lot of flexibility in people's schedules and we would publish it and sometimes it would change. And people ended up having lots and lots of opportunity for overtime, which some people loved and mm -hmm. some people didn't. So we've really focused on building more fixed schedules. That was a point of concern for our employees that it's really hard when I don't know with more than a week's notice, or, or you know, we certainly strive to give as much notice as we can, but sometimes they shift late. And so we've shifted our focus, and this is adding employees. And so while there might be more efficient ways to staff the line, what we found is the most productive way, which gives people that ability to have the time off they want, but opportunities for overtime if they also want that, is to move toward a fixed schedule. So we've done that in our biggest production facility. I was actually on a call this morning where I heard uh, the vice president for production talk to his team saying, hey, we've had such success with that, we wanna expand it across the system. So it's something we intend to do more broadly as we get to the right staffing levels to be able to give people that flexibility. We've leaned into uh, our night shift differential. So we had a, a relatively nominal increase or um, add on amount that people got for working a night shift. And we've enhanced that to address the fact that night shift is a difficult proposition for a number of people. And so mm -hmm. when people are willing to do it, uh, we're trying to reward them for it. I talked about the changes uh, in our pay structure where we, we have a mix of union and non-union employees. And we uh, actually negotiated a couple of our contracts ahead of when they were expiring because we knew in the inflationary environment we're in, it was something that we needed to make sure we had people in a good spot. And so we're trying to be progressive uh, with our pay practices as well. But that big piece is really evaluating the pay structure, implementing uh, those adjustments, continuing to do the recognition bonuses where it makes sense as recognition and gratitude for their hard work passion um, and dedication to getting the results that we need every day. I love that you guys tried something new with that fixed production schedule and it was so successful that you're thinking about rolling it out through other bakeries. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And one of the things that really is important to be able to do things like that is we'll have to be agile. There may come mm -hmm. a time where uh, we can't 100% adhere to something like that. So we're committed to keeping people informed. And that's a yeah. big element that matters a lot to us. One of the things I didn't touch on that I really should have started with is our commitment to safety mm -hmm. is paramount in having a good work environment. We have a, a safety record based on how OSHA tracks things uh, with the TIR, the total incident rate uh, was below 1.0. And for bakeries our size, when you look at Bureau of Labor Statistics data, the typical incident rate you would expect is about 4.0 for the industry average. So we have an outstanding safety record that we have improved yeah. three years running and are really at a great spot right now. And so you talked a little bit earlier about misconceptions of manufacturing. 
what we're creating is, is food. And while there are certainly hazards and workplace injuries can uh, and sometimes do happen, we're very excited and proud of our safety record. Uh, we do safety bonuses in that regard. And so it's another way that we want people to understand that the work is good. There's opportunities for growth within it. And we're trying to do everything we can to ensure it's an environment where people can be safe and productive. So what new programs? I'm curious if Host has developed any programs that it has implemented to address issues of DEI and make Hostess an even more competitive place to work from that perspective for people of color and other minority groups? Yeah, so to start off with, um, the, the overarching statement around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and we include those four elements very purposefully, we, we put belonging in there, some companies do and others don't, because again, we want people to feel this is something they wanna be a part of. So belonging really matters. What we developed over the last, call it two years, is kind of five points of commitment around diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. The first is uh, making sure we have diverse hiring practices. We want to embrace the diversity of our communities. And so our overall diversity, which we list in our uh, CSR report, uh, is over 60%. So wow. the majority of our employees are people of color, and we're proud of that. We are working on improving the representation of women and minorities in our management ranks. And we've seen some improvement over two year period. Mm -hmm. We also focused on education and training. So we had three course program that was really around education and ongoing work, right? So we didn't want this to be a point in time exercise that we just did one training and kind of looked at it as saying, well, we, we achieved that, let, let's move on. It's something that we try to come back to and reinforce. We reviewed and upgraded uh, our policies and practices around employment and ensured everything we had in place was really effective and really doing the things we needed to do, providing protections and creating an environment and culture that I spoke about earlier that, that supports people such that they can bring their whole selves to work and feel comfortable doing that. Right, right. And we want to have support and professional growth and, and inclusive workplaces are really those last two elements that bring it all together. And so there's been a lot of work we created a company-wide diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging team. We launched a speaker series. Uh, we did a lot of heritage celebrations and other things uh, that allowed people to tell their stories about what their experience working for us is, as well as their broader life. Has the feedback you've gotten on those programs been positive? It has. Uh, each time we've had the opportunity to do a program, uh, we get a number of comments that our CEO sends over to me of people uh, appreciating that. As with any group of people, not everyone has the same reaction, but by and large, there has been significant positive response to the work that we've done. Because it wasn't always that way. As you go through the reforming of a company, uh, this may not always be a high priority, but we've certainly made it a priority in our, in our uh, organization over the last several years. So as I was prepping for our conversation today, Rob, I saw that Andrew Callahan, Hostess's president and CEO, spoke at the virtual Barclays Global Consumer Staples Conference last year, and he mentioned that Hostess has an employee value proposition. I was hoping you'd be able to tell us a little bit about that. What goes into determining that value proposition, and how do you communicate that to existing employees as well as prospective ones? Sure. So the employee value proposition, for anyone who may not be familiar with that term, is really a nice way of saying, hey, what can you expect from the company and what does the company expect from you? But mm. really an emphasis around what do you get out of your experience of being an employee of Hostess? So over the last five years, we've increased market share and delivered top 
tier financial performance. And that success during the time is really a testament to our employees and their commitment and positive energy. So as we think about how we get results, it matters then that we can give those employees a reason to believe that this is a place that they can succeed and gain uh, financially, but also as being a part of something they want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So our, we operate with a people-first mindset, strive to live by our values, uh, which include nimbleness, integrity, tenacity, inclusivity, and a commitment to quality in our people. And all of that, as I mentioned earlier, is, is delivered when each of us engages in those behaviors. So we talk about financial reward through compensation and benefits. Uh, we're really working hard to make Hostess Brands an employer of choice or a great place to work, however you mm -hmm. want to think about that, by offering great pay, giving employees development opportunities, enhancing our benefits programs in a few of the ways I mentioned earlier, and then continuing to ensure we meet employees' desire where it works for flexible schedules and clear expectations around schedules where remote work isn't available, such as people mm -hmm. who work in our bakeries or warehouses. At least we can give them that assurance of what it should look like as often and as uh, regularly as possible. Can you share a little bit about what Hostess is doing on the development and training and education side for its workforce? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that as uh, a relatively young company, we need to focus on how do we ensure that people who join the company now can grow and develop with the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, so we created a partnership with a, a third party training organization to provide opportunities to cohorts of employees. We did that uh, initially in 2020 on two levels. We created sort of a leadership development cohort. And we did a frontline management cohort where we created uh, training opportunities for people who wanted to further their careers and become better at the roles they do. Uh, we also have an opportunity for people who are working in one of those individual contributor jobs to sort of self-nominate, if you will, and raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested in doing this. And so we're looking now at a program to develop. If someone who's working on the production line comes to us and says, I'd love to be a supervisor, I see myself in management over time, how can we help them deliver on that career objective for them by looking at the things that we know are necessary? We know we're going to have a certain number of those kind of supervisory positions come open in any given year. And so to the degree we can, and this is always the tug of war of um, how much time is spent purely trying to get uh, production numbers and how much time is spent thinking about future need and development, right. cross-training and all of that. We're trying to deliver on that. So cross-training people across different lines of equipment. You can imagine uh, that within any facility, there are multiple uh, production lines, and each of those, one may do cake products and one may do donuts and something uh, mm -hmm. different in another. So there's opportunities to train across different pieces of the equipment to cut down on road activity and boredom, and then also growth as people gain skills, they can train others, they can move to supervision and other things. We also developed in-house training for managers, and so we're trying to focus on uh, development, but the reality is so much of what people do is done with peers and on the job. So we, we spend a lot of time ensuring we're able to connect people. Hostess did acquire a facility in Arkansas that the company announced it would be a bakery of the future when Hostess was finished with it. It seems like an, a new facility would offer a lot of great opportunities for workforce. How will that bakery of the future mindset kind of impact the workforce needs for the facility? So I think one of the things that's really important to us as we develop this facility is 
that we want to make sure from an ESG standpoint, environmental, social governance perspective, mm-hmm. that we are making as green and progressive of facilities we can to support those initiatives. So uh, we're looking at possibilities of things. And we've just begun some, it was an existing facility. So we're actually in the teardown phase of certain mm-hmm. elements before we build back in the production facility, which will start sometime in 2023. And in order to do that, we have a lot of planning with third parties, local and state government have been great partners for us in identifying um, what can they help with? Some of the local community colleges and, and, and universities are very interested in partnering around programs we could create because there's not a lot of food manufacturing jobs in the area. Indeed, we'll be the largest food manufacturing facility in the area once we are up and running at full capacity, which is going to have about 150 jobs when it's fully running over the next few years. As we do that rebuild, uh, we're going to keep employee welfare top of mind and ensure we're doing everything we can to make sure the facility is an attractive place to work. So we'll match those practices we've talked about elsewhere, but where we can get ahead because it's always easier to build than it is to change after the fact. We're going to try to make sure we have employee welfare areas. So break rooms, um, we can make them what they need to be. We anticipate the ability to have a dedicated training area in this facility based on our present need for the space and a little bit of excess area to be able to do it. And then, as I mentioned, we're focused around uh, environmental sustainability with this rebuild, and we're seeking to make this obviously our greenest operation yet. That's great to hear. I'm excited to see how it all comes together in the end. Rob, as we're wrapping up our conversation, what opportunities do you think the baking industry has to make manufacturing a more attractive career to the labor force. Manufacturers in general need to continue to work to change perceptions and better convey that working in manufacturing can be a rewarding career with plenty of opportunity for development and advancement. My own history, uh, though I graduated university with a bachelor's degree, my first job was on a night shift in manufacturing. And I will never forget what it was like to run uh, production equipment. It was in the semiconductor uh, manufacturing environment. And I did that for a few years. And then I went to a night shift supervisor job. So I lived that experience of what is it like to be on a piece of equipment for 12 hours at a time, um, not knowing if (laughs) on night shift I was going to get two hours of sleep or 10. And Mm -hmm. you kind of felt the same either way. We really have to work on, as manufacturers, how do we help people engage with that? There's a lot of emotional, mental health issues that can come along with some of the difficulties of working a shift like that. Um, Some of the hardest working people I knew were single parents putting themselves through school and working a 12-hour shift. Mm. So when we see people as, as employers who are putting in that kind of dedication and putting in that kind of effort and have that grit, we've got to mm-hmm. really recognize and, and support employees by having progressive programs around emotional and mental health, around ensuring we're giving them a wage that allows them to be able to do the things that they can do, but allow you as an employer to still meet your business needs. We really need to find ways to help employees grow, enhance their skills, and expand responsibilities within the organization. I was blessed to be able to do that by being part of a company-wide team while I was representing manufacturing. And it really led to where I took my career after that. Um, And I think there's a lot of highly capable people in our facilities 
and in other manufacturing sites that I've seen and been a part of that we really need to have a focus as leaders and as organizations to look for talent within our own ranks and not assume we always need to go from outside to identify and build uh, the talent objectives that we're trying to achieve. Well, Rob, thank you so much for your insights today. We really appreciate you taking the time and sharing what Hostess Brands is doing to support its workforce. Thank you for having me, Charlotte. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Sense Sliced Bread. If you'd like to join the conversation, leave us a voicemail at 816-968-7772. Or you can record a message using the Voice Memo app on your smartphone and email it to podcast at sosland.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Scent Slice Bread on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and drop us a review. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this episode, California Prune Ingredients from SunSweet. Always gluten-free and made of plants, California Prune Ingredients from SunSweet offer natural solutions for 21st century product innovators. Get more information or request a sample at sunsweetingredients.com. Scent Slice Bread is a baking and snack podcast produced by Taryn Parker and hosted by Charlotte Atchley.